here we go again with another episode of the Babysitter's Book Club. And this time, it's the Babysitter's Club mystery. Number two, beware of misdemeanor stalking, Dawn. Uh, And I am so excited to chat about this book. Um, We are kicking off the second installment in the mystery series. When we did mystery number one, I felt like that was a good book, but I didn't feel like it was functionally any different than, you know, an above average Babysitter's Club book in its own right. Uh, But this book, this book, mystery number two, this was everything I wanted. This was like they wrote a book just for me. I loved it. And I can't wait to talk more about it uh, with my guest. I hear someone here. I have a feeling it's not Avon calling. Uh, It is instead my... No, it's a real Bonzer Sheila. It's Adrian Shelnut Hundley. Adrian, how are you? I am well, Jeremy. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes. What's fresh, Adrian? Oh, well, since we talked about a year ago, I would say as much has changed as is possible to change. Really? I I have read 100% more Babysitter's Club books <laughs> in the past year than I did before. And great. what else is there? What else? Yeah, uh, that's it. That's all we're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all. How many Babysitter's Club books you have read. Yeah. No, I think we talked to you, gosh, it must have been, I was trying to think like the date. It was right before we finished our 25th episode, which would have been, is that like over the summer or am I completely off on that? It could have been over the summer. I know that it was before July. That's okay. about as clear as my, you know, the pandemic brain of time mushing right. type thing. About as much as I know. Yeah. Uh, well, and I just wanted to thank you again for joining me here for another another go round with the Babysitters Club. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, what did you think of the mystery series number two, Beware Dawn? I mean, there was some concerning stuff happening. You know, I was reading it alone and was like, I need to finish this book so that I know that there's not a stalker out there that's going to really take down the babysitter's club. Yeah, a very scary book. There might be like a racist little eight-year-old in your closet uh, wanting to leave you notes. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And, and like crawling into your secret passageway into Whoa. your home. Yeah. Um, maybe you should get that locked. <laughs> yeah. Dawn is very cavalier about the secret passageway. Um, just from your face, when I was doing my introduction, it seems like maybe you didn't enjoy this book quite as much as I did. I mean, Jeremy, you have read all of them. So you really have a comparison to know the ups and downs, the goods and the bad. Mm-hmm. And so quality can be picked out a lot easier for you when you have that comparison to, you know, mystery number one, where you say it didn't give you what you needed. Sure. And this one in comparison did. Um, whereas, you know, you have to, when you're coming into Babysitter's Club for a one-off or, you know, for your once a year little dip your toe in, you put your, you have to put yourself back into the mindset of, how um, Ms. Martin writes, uh, sometimes adeptly, sometimes very abruptly. <laughs> Though in my listening of the Babysitter's Club, I have learned, book club, I have learned that Ms. Martin is not the author of all of them. And so, you know, it's hard to say as you track, you know, through the different books of one's authorship skills that yeah that you can't always count on consistency yeah and I I really you know I should put this on a poster right now I should be doing a better job of tracking the ghost writer like oeuvre because I know there is a website that sort Mm. of has like a list of all of um which ghost writers wrote which books ghost writers very scary for a mystery book so very appropriate um, Very appropriate. Yeah, I just, I, and I don't even want to necessarily like 
you know, I don't want to say like, this is objectively a really great book because I think, you know, much like the fine wine, uh, every, 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 there's going to be different tastes for different folks, right? Um, They're going to want to uh, sort of like consume different, different things. And, and I do feel like there are only like about 10 babysitters club tropes and you get like three in every book. Um, But this really hit like all of the tropes that I love. It was a mystery. It was a little spooky. There was like rain. Um, Dawn was a lunatic. And there was something that like forced the babysitter's club into a jealous rage spiral. Um, And those are like my like core four. um, uh, Yeah. If I was going to say anything. The conflict between them as they kind of figure out the dynamics of the club and their friendship, yeah. I think is one of the things that seems the most natural yeah. in the writing and maybe, you know, what this author most understands well of like the dynamics of middle school girl friendships and where a little competition really stretches and pushes the friendships to you know, potential breaking point and, and you really start to get them to grapple with what is the value of my friendships versus a little competition. But we grapple with this frequently with the same results every time, uh, which I love. Like, I love these kind of books where it's like, oh, one of you is going to be better than the rest. Uh, like, oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, Adrian, before we dive any further, one thing that I really need to get better about myself as a podcast host I know many people are probably familiar with you and your work from your previous Babysitter's Book Club episode. Dawn on the Coast, I believe we did. You, you like Indeed. myself, are a big Dawn enthusiast. Um, well, you're, you are sending me a lot of Dawn books. <laughs> they just so... keep coming up. On, they just keep coming up. <laughs> but it just, it, just in case there is someone maybe new uh, jumping in on this episode, Adrian, is there anything you want to tell the listeners about yourself just by way of introduction? just so the folks can follow along and get a little bit of a background on who you are. Well, Jeremy, we go back to high school days. Certainly. So um, I am of the Eldorado Cougar elk. Cougar um, pride. So a cougar, a little cougar pride. Hail the Eldorado, alma mater deer. <laughs> alma mater deer. Um, oh, where, Ms., where is Miss Summers when you need her? No, to no. Thing? <laughs> Do you think she's still alive? No, that's not a good joke. Do you think she's still teaching? Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I hope so. She's a great teacher. I didn't like her. Um, oh, well, you didn't take her physiology class. No, I only, I mean, we're trying to do a quicker episode, so this is like a longer story, but I only had one interaction with her and it was not pleasant, so uh, we can move. We can, I'll tell you later. We can move forward. Okay. <laughs> um... What about, about me? Um, I I feel closely with Dawn as being a West Coast girl living on the East Coast, having moved out to Georgia in the past four years. And um, I am a happy dog mom. Oh, and uh, how many dogs? Just the one or you have multiple? Just one. Okay. Um, Mr. Alfred. Mr. Alfred. And what kind of dog is that? He is a black lab. We adopted from the Atlanta Lab Rescue in December. Yeah. And we just love him. That's adorable. Are you willing to text me a photo of the dog to include in the Instagram uh, promotions? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, he looks so cozy over there. Okay. Very cozy. Send me a picture. We'll, we'll get him on Instagram. We'll get him on Twitter. It'll be my most popular Make poster. him famous. Yes. Yes. Send Absolutely. That to me. Yes. And uh, so I, uh, yeah, so I, I need to get better at like putting, when it's a repeat guest, I just jump right in. And I need to remember, maybe this is the first one people are listening to. So yeah. Um, but you said that you basically enjoyed the book, right? Yeah. 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 I read it in one sitting. And I think that is, granted, Babysitter's Club books are short, but I also think that that, you know, speaks to the mystery that it was not a, let me just pick this up and slip it in between things. It yeah. was a, oh, I need to finish this story. And I think that, you know, it's a good litmus test. 
Yeah. So let's maybe sort of uh, do the high level overview and then we can uh, drill down into some of the points. So this book is about, um, I mean, really the inciting incident, I guess you would say, the point of attack in film studies as we teach it uh, is that um, Dawn is, uh, is just on some random babysitting job, you know, could it, couldn't it be more mundane, couldn't it be more random? And then these little kids, I think it's uh, Karen and Andrew, they reveal to Dawn that they are starting a sitter of the month vote. Um, and uh, Mrs. Jamie Newton is going to organize that. She just wants to watch the world burn, Mrs. Jamie Newton. She's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's put them against each other. But all the kids at this elementary school, I guess, somehow are going to vote for their favorite babysitter. Uh, and suddenly competition is on. But this coincides with a strange rash of uh, very threatening activity uh, that is going on for the babysitters. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, my search history is ruined now because I was looking up for my opening joke, is this misdemeanor or felony stalking in the state of Connecticut? Uh, and I do believe it is misdemeanor. I think felony, you have to be targeted at one person and you have to have priors. So um, I, I think because they targeted the whole club, it is a misdemeanor. Well, lucky them. <laughs> if, if you take your crime on a larger scale, the penalty yeah. drop? That's uh, that's the key point of the podcast. If you're going to stalk, a target a club versus an individual. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. The, the idea, the idea and, and again, like, Dawn is the absolute perfect narrator for this book because she's the most insane. So, uh, like, uh, there, there are these, like, threatening letters being left on her doorstep. Uh, like, I'm going to, like, I think I wrote some of them. Like, I'm going to get you, these letters say. Um, and Dodd is like, uh-oh, can't, can't jeopardize the elementary school student vote by bringing this up. Uh, like, Dawn. <laughs> and, and ghost calls. When yeah. When someone calls and, and no one's there, like, multiple times. And yeah. Yeah, someone knows when you're, as a 13-year-old, home alone with other kids, that's not a safety issue. Yeah, and I wonder, like, how much of this is just frozen in time where, like, we are really of the generation where if the phone rang and no one was there, that's, like, a big deal. Uh, you know, nowadays, it's like, you know, you ignore, like, six spam calls a day on your phone. So... Well, and you have caller ID. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that wouldn't work this day and age. Yeah. They'd be like, uh, like, I'm not going to answer your phone. I, I don't think they would answer. I don't think number one, I don't think the parents would have a landline. And number two, I think if you're babysitting yeah. for them, it's like, oh, we'll let it go to the machine. Like, I'm not going to like answer your phone calls. No. Yeah. Definitely not. Very, very, very much of the time. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the central conflict going on here is that um, all of these things are going on. Um, and we, d should we talk about the solution right now just so we can like bounce back or do you want to leave that for a minute? Well, I think we should talk about the solution mostly because, you know, when I think of the inside an incident of this, of what then starts the right. stalking and the mystery. I actually didn't see it as the competition. I saw that as this other added layer on. I really saw it as when Don was babysitting our perpetrator, Mel. Sure, this little label, yeah. Who, you know, is called out for teasing, bullying. Yeah. Um, his, you know, What's his name from Australia? The the brother. Oh, the Australia. Hobarts. The yeah, the the yeah. Hobart children. The Hobart children and Don says, "Yo, you can't do that. You have to. You have to be kind. You have to use kind words and not call people names." And um, and then in turn, he turns around and becomes this little troublemaker, um, trying to scare. Dawn and and ultimately the other babysitters also. Right. And so I saw that as kind of the first 
step, that it just so happened that the competition was there and he was going to use that to turn it against them. Um, but I saw him being capsized as his turning point for like, okay, well, then I'm going to get you back if you punish or if you, you know, say that I did something wrong, like, let me get you. Right. Do you feel like you had it solved from pretty early on or was this like a retrospective opinion? Um, I think I had a guess that was who it was going to be simply because she had made kind of more of a deal about him early on and that when you shine that much attention on a character that's not necessarily one of your main regular returning jobs yeah then I guess that yeah that's suspicion because you know there there was that element I mean when she goes into at the end revealing like oh well of course it was him because and it never happened to Christy because she wasn't didn't have um, jobs on the side of town. He couldn't have gotten to her side of town. Like, didn't you know? Get into the levels of the details of it. Um, but yeah, yeah. And this was one that I thought was fun because whenever I read these, I try not to like think too hard about it because I think it's more fun if I'm surprised. Um, and then sometimes just I'm like, oh, obviously it's you know this person. But this is one where I didn't. I didn't feel like I had a good read on it. I, yeah. I think that like uh, contributes to the excitement as I'm going through the book. I'm like, I, I really don't know like uh, what the answer is going to be here. Don has so yeah. many enemies in Stony Brook. So uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, and then, yeah, it, when it turned out to be the little the racist boy. Who, so, okay, why are the Hobarts letting these children play together anymore? I, it was like, why is this kid back? He was mean to the autistic girl. He's been mean to the Hobart since day one. Like, I guess, you know, they don't have the internet. They have to play with who's ever around. But still, I just thought from the beginning, we should have put our foot down on this. This boy, yeah. it's Mel, is that his name? Hey, if you're... Yeah, Mel, yeah. Mel, yeah, Mel Tucker. You're going to be... Yeah, if you're going to be mean, you can't play together. Yeah, or the mom that's, you know, trying to say, we can teach him how to how to be kind. We can teach him how to be better. Yeah. In chapter one, he's like bullying the Hobarts and Dawn, I wrote down, says, there's not really that much I can do about the situation. I was like, wow, this was really a different time. <laughs> like, oh, well, I guess there's some light racism going on. Uh, uh, too bad. Yeah. The, but the, by the end, you know, I think hopefully Mel has, you know, has learned his lesson and that he really just wants attention and that with a little bit more, you know, doesn't mean to hurt anyone's feelings and to talk to his parent, talk to his mom. And mm -hmm. well, I, I hope Mel can turn himself around. I, I don't know how many chances we're going to give this kid, especially after this. <laughs> like, it seems like he needs to be locked away. Like, this is a I very mean, intricate... So maybe we should talk about the problem I, a little bit. I don't support the carceral system, so <laughs> I hope that he's not locked away. Maybe he needs to be um, smacked in the face. Is that better? <laughs> Capital punishment? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're for we're for restorative justice over here in this household. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should talk about what this this little kid that I hate actually does. And the plot of the book is that um, throughout the book, the the beware dawn, the titular beware dawn, is that this mystery person is calling the houses, um, especially where dawn, but some of the other babysitters are babysitting, hanging up sort of these, it's Mr. Nobody, these phantom phone calls, which we've dealt with before. Mm -hmm. But then there is like a very threatening note that is being left on the doorstep. Um, yeah. And it's like cut and paste from magazines. I'm going to get you. I'm watching you. 
uh, your secret admirer. Very, very scary stuff. But uh, the babysitters are afraid to jeopardize their chances of winning a vote by some elementary school students. So they decide not to say anything uh, until the point where Dawn just like accidentally says it in a club meeting, which I thought was so stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's held it in so long and oops, it just happens to slip out. Yeah, Mr. X, Uh, right? Yeah. Mr. X. Yeah, it's a curious uh, psychology moment of the fact that you wouldn't have something under control from somebody, from a stalker, and that someone's going to hold you responsible for something that somebody else is doing. Yeah. Against you. Like the ultimate, you know, victim blaming mentality. Yeah. And I think this speaks to, because I feel like, I feel, so I was thinking about this today, actually, when I was driving home to do this podcast with you. It's it's very strange that the Babysitter's Club, they have certain events that are just like locked into their canon. Um, like they bring up, um, remember the time that Alan Gray was like calling us and hanging up in book two because he was too embarrassed to ask about a date. Like, remember the time we all fought during mm-hmm. the Miss Little Miss Stony Brook challenge? But they don't, they have these events sort of like locked in, but they, the lessons from these events are like nebulous at best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, why don't they, and, and I think this is actually like something that we touch on. Like, for instance, when I did Little Miss Stony Brook and Dawn with, of course, the great Kaylee Salstrand, we talked about like, well, they didn't, like, they just sort of learned that it wasn't good to fight, but they never really solved, like, the core, like, jealousy competitive issue that they have. And, mm-hmm. and we were right, because they these things keep happening. We see it come back, right, we see it come back here. The minute that a competition is introduced, yeah, the, every, all bets are off. All of the lessons go out the window. Yeah. And, like, even at the end of this book, it doesn't really seem like they resolve anything in terms of, like... This is toxic behavior. Right. And she goes, and Don says, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have assumed that it was Christy because just because she was the only one that nothing happened to. But, okay, I won't do that again. Yeah, like Don's takeaway. Still, yeah, her takeaway is like, I will be more careful in who I accuse next time. Not like, uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't risk my own and my sitting charge's safety uh, to win an elementary school vote. Really? Okay. But does that then bring the question of like, is you keep saying, you know, just for an elementary school kid vote. Yeah. Is there something that would be worth it? What if it was a high school kid <laughs> vote? What if it was a parent vote? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope those what books are coming. <laughs> the, the bottom right gets kicked out of the club vote. Oh, I don't know. I can see Christy putting that together. Oh yeah, like quality. This is my quality control measure. <laughs> I like and that. In that sh- case, I'll bet her off. <laughs> I liked it, like really early on when like Don tells the rest of the club about the vote, and they're like, "Let's not get competitive." And it, there's like, "But I want to win," said Christy very quietly. <laughs> I was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> that know, really made me laugh. I lost a number of friends in elementary school and middle school because of my competitiveness. Yeah, so name names. I understand. Lauren Christensen. Oh, Lauren Christensen. <laughs> Lauren Christensen. What were you so competitive about? Her. Oh, we fought over Connect Four in third grade. <laughs> oh, no. So bad. Yeah. And then what? anything middle school girls just middle school girls are the worst from personal experience to teaching that they have hormones the whatever i apologize i apologize to all of the girls i went to middle school with okay well we've had some of them on the podcast so we can send uh oh and i love (laughs) like i 
I didn't lose all of them. Like I made it through. Yeah. Mary Garcia said she'll never speak to you again. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. yeah. Just I appreciate those who loved me through it. And I'm sorry for any of it I drug. I sat behind Lauren Christensen in sixth grade English and I had a crush on her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else? Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, that's basically the book, which again is like a recipe for success as far as I'm concerned, that everyone's going on sitting jobs. Everyone has this like, like bloodlust to win the, the vote. Uh, there are scary spooky nights where there are letters. Um, at one point there's like a dead rat, I think on the Pike store step, but that turns out to just be a coincidence um so yeah I, I everything was fantastic i thought as far as i was concerned and yeah and you know i think that we see some of the similar things of like um of ms martin or whoever um spooky writer is yeah. writing this mystery you're so formal um, with ms yeah. martin <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the South. The South is getting into me, all my manners. <laughs> um, you know, we have the, the classic nod that we're trying to teach that uh, racism is bad and doing it, you know, like really on the nose. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I agree. It, it is a classic example. You know, it really does pull in all of the different different elements i also really like the fact that it's not all 100 percent from dawn's perspective mm-hmm. we get more stories and more notes from the other girls as they are um as they're sitting and that kind of stuff and i just think that's really interesting i like seeing the different perspectives mm-hmm. um can we talk about this one, this note that I just opened to that I, I forgot? Sure. Do you like your hamster? If you do, you'd better keep an eye on him. Yeah. Like, creepy. He, Mel yeah. really took the next level. Like, this is, this is, I say I hope that Mel comes around. But I do say, like, he probably needs a therapist. He probably needs some professional help. Rather so, than just, like, I'm putting him in timeout. Yeah, so the book ends with like a, a classic Babysitter's Club caper where they make it known that I think they just say like Dawn's going to be all alone at her house and then they like trap this like little boy in like a scary tunnel, which a classic Dawn move. I, I loved it. Um, and then there it's so yeah, it is Mel Tucker. He was, I don't even really understand. He was He was just like mad at them. Because he got yelled at, he didn't like them. He, they call him a troubled little boy in the final chapter, which I agree with. Uh, and there's sort of like a gentle suggestion, like oh, he's going to see a therapist, he's going to see a psychiatrist, and we'll take care of it. Yeah. Um, and it's also like the the gentlest racism ever. He's guilty of like a white boy in Connecticut making fun of like another white boy because he's oh, from Australia. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a very like soft. You know, it's not like he's bullying Jesse's family or anything, and we have to like uh, right. really worry about that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the solution. Um, but yeah, this kid sucks. Get him out of here. This kid is is obviously dealing with something. Yeah, he needs help. Yeah. Uh, did you catch the Princess Diana joke in the like second to last chapter? Yeah. Yeah. Real sign of the times. <laughs> Real fine at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, could be the princess or no, even the queen. Yes. Um, I also think that I mean competition is the theme in here. Like, yeah. They play Monopoly, you know, like finding games that everyone can play. Right. Um, I want to play Monopoly, I want to play another game that, you know that they can actually play. Mm-hmm. So, so there's there's a lot of that theme of inclusivity and like 
maybe capitalism and like one winner only is not the best way to create opportunity. Well, the book does end with a seven way tie for sitter of the month, right? Yeah. So that was a cop out. These kids started this, they got to finish it. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to create this competition, then have the little cojones to see it through. You got to vote for one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if there was like a four-way tie. That would have been even better. <laughs> like it's you four and then not you three. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hilarious. Yeah. I wrote down Mel Tucker cries like a little bitch in my notes. So is that too far uh, for a little this little boy? I mean. When they catch him in the spooky passageway? He does have a breakdown. Good. And, and um, you know, I would ask, what what about a bitch cries? Um, you know, like, right. like, what is the phrase? I just, you know, the, I've, I've worked with a lot of kids that have a lot of behavioral issues. Sure. And so when I see one that is like obviously there's something that is not quite right being fighting right. yeah. his needs. and and I'm so happy that he's in a family that has the resources to get a psychiatrist on board. Yeah. Um because you know, for so many, if if they were caught creeping around in somebody's Funnel like in their house, bam, gone, away. Uh, you know, this like school to prison pipeline in it, gone, out of sight. So, yeah, and I'm, 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 oh, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so, so I'm a little bit more gentle around um, totally tossing them out in there. That's fair. And I'm probably being, I'm being a little too cavalier. And I remember when we did the episode where he was bullying the autistic girl, I sort of had the same attitude, like smack this kid in the face. Um, and I think, I think we're like, but, I mean, that, that is, you know, for, for the, for a podcast tone. <laughs> we're a little irreverent here, Adrian. <laughs> a little irreverent. And that is perfectly fine. But, but also this is, what is he? He's eight, right? This boy we're led to believe. Yeah. He's cutting out like this is a premeditated spree that he is on. Yeah. Like this is not just like, yeah. hey, you stupid Australian it's not kid. A good look. This is like he is taking yeah. the time to like send very scary, threatening notes, like f- like over an extended period of time. Like this is targeted. And and when you look at the hamster one, that's not about the sitter. That's getting to the kids specifically he's like a mafia boss there yeah yeah like it'd be a shame if something happened to your pet i agree i agree yeah it's not a good book that might be where my uh extremeness extremity (laughs) is coming (laughs) from yeah, yeah. the thing is a little short when you pull the hamsters in it. Yeah, but I mean, again, uh, one of the reasons I love this book so much is because I can just be like, oh, he really gets under oh, my skin. No. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, can we just talk about yeah, one more? And, and, it, and it really gets past, like, it's much bigger than what you would expect an eight-year-old to do. It's much darker a pretty dark book yeah and i think i was just thinking about this i think that they probably always intend these books to not end darkly because they are for like young adults so like for instance i don't know if i don't know how often you have listened and re-listened to the mystery episode number one podcast that we did uh like three or four times probably um but like the basically the idea is that stacy is babysitting for um a new family and a very fancy diamond ring goes missing. Um, and the solution, and they're like, uh, Stacy, did you take the ring? Yeah, we're going to tell everybody that the babysitters are thieves. Um, and then the solution ends up being like, oh, the cat took it or something. Um, so I think like that's what they're always going to go for in these mysteries is like, it seems really skip, but then like actually, but like 
quite frankly, I am more disturbed by the eight-year-old perpetuating these actions uh, than I might be about like someone their own age. Like it's much darker, I think, that it's like this racist little boy that's doing it. I don't know. Yeah, well, much more so than the crush who just didn't have the courage to right. call. You know, that, right. Or if it really what had been Christy, who had let the competition just take her a little too far, and she was trying to push them over the edge. Oh, I was so hoping uh, it was Christy. I thought that would have been such a great <laughs> ending. Yeah. That would have been a great twist. Yeah. The Baby Poodle Club president sabotages the rest to get to the top. Yeah. 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 Because that would make total sense. It really would have made sense. Um, minus the fact that her uh, branding would have really taken a hit. But, yeah. Um, I mean, you can't really go forward with the series like at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And maybe the middle ground there is it's, it's you're ripping off phantom phone calls, but maybe it's like a boy that likes Christy did it like for her and then she can just be like you're gross i don't like you and then he's just gone forever and we don't have yeah. to like contemplate the psychological damage that must be done to an eight-year-old like to, to yeah. Be the spot. yeah 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 i don't know yeah yeah what movies was his babysitter letting him watch <laughs> well, that's a great segue into the last thing I wanted to just really quickly chat with you about uh, before we move into the sassy game. I really wanted to talk about Jesse and Becca watching Snake Boy Loose in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, like one of my favorite, like I love a babysitter slip chapter. I don't mind when it's just like a sort of slice of life, like sort of like non-related thing as long as it's interesting and sort of paints a picture for me. Like, I, I, I like those kinds of chapters. So um, I love that Becca, taking a break from watching her favorite show, The Cosby Show, one of your favorites too, right, Adrian? You watch it uh, every day. Maybe maybe uh, 20 years ago before... <laughs> no, uh, I heard that's still your favorite. I had, I had some other uh, issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke. Again, yeah. ages super well <laughs> um but yeah so now becca wants to watch snake boy loose in san francisco um and she like i love the way she just stone cold and i wrote this down stone cold extorts jesse she's like well you know i still don't know who i'm gonna vote for in the babysitter contest and 100 percent. maybe this is actually jimmy newton's thing is like he just wants you know, a month of leverage. Genius. <laughs> and in that case, he is a boy genius. Yeah. And maybe related to Isaac Newton. Who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, you've talked about how this book is maybe like a reaffirmation of like the evils of capitalism. The children have found a way to make them compete. And when they compete, the children win. So I don't know. Maybe it's uh, the other way around. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, yeah and I just love that they watch this like stupid movie uh Becca's like really scared uh and then she ends up like crying and telling Aunt Cecilia everything squealing uh it's an dictator but I just I, I really it. like this I love, it. I love the family dynamic I like Aunt Cecilia is also a character that I can see so clearly yeah um in, in her strictness but in her love for them and the the unwritten I told you so my my rules mean something darn it oh um, Cecilia your babysitting yeah <laughs> that's pretty good all right well I know we went quickly through this is there anything else here Adrian that you that I missed that really stood out to you that you wanted to talk about I thought it was just such a fun book I'm gushing no it <laughs> No, those are those are the big moments. Yeah. Um, what did you think? And I guess my last question will be because now you are, uh, I, I believe, actually, Adrian, this is a unique situation. You are the only person so far that has run the podcast that has read a regular Babysitters Club book and a Babysitters Club mystery. So, did you notice like a qualitative difference? Uh, or did they just seem pretty much the same? What, what are your thoughts on this? Because you are the only person in the world that I can ask this question to so far. 
I do really appreciate the mystery because it seems like it has a much more uh, driving conflict and driving issue than just kind of the as life turns seeing what happens in in Stony Brook um I I enjoy a mystery I like reading mysteries in general yeah so I I am like you that I I like reading mysteries that was really fun yeah um and I think as I said earlier I liked that it was um inclusive of more of the voices and more of the experiences of the different sitters and not just through the letters or through um, the club meeting that you got a little bit of an update, but it was so much through one voice, which is also why I like the super book where it's like chapter to chapter because I like that variety. Yeah. Um, Do you have a favorite super special? So, well, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus, but Uh-oh. the, uh, the, the winter outing one. Yeah. I said in our first meeting that I wanted to come back for that one. And then um, I didn't do you it. did an episode on it and I didn't get invited. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize for that. I don't keep very good notes uh, around here. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You just have to find another good super special do you have any others i because now that you've like called me out i feel like you basically can write your own ticket here i don't like because i i must have had i must have had that super special one or i just like it like i read it multiple multiple times okay um we could do it again that was that's that's the one that stood out to me i don't I don't remember any of the Okay, I'm very sorry about that. (laughs) I I feel very bad now. Yeah. You're fine, sure. I'll I'll let this one slide. I appreciate that. It wasn't, I mean, if it's any (laughs) consolation, I didn't love that one. (laughs) I think maybe I just, like, wanted to go on that trip. I wanted to be on that trip. Yeah, the trip where, like, all the weird old people let all the middle schoolers come stay in their overlook hotel for free for a week yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm sorry about that yeah uh, mystery mystery for the win i think these mysteries i think like this is the new the future of the babysitters club like if i was at this point in like the publishing career i would say like let's just do all mysteries um yeah. and because i think yeah it's like a lot of these books that i'm reading now seem very like, uh, oh, we decided that this book is going to be about this. And then there's like 50 pages of content and 100 pages of filler. And I think with the mystery, yeah. they're at least like, they have to have like a beginning, a middle, an end. Uh, they're, right. they're, they're spooky. They sort of bring you through the book. Right. Half the people I talk they're- to think that all the Babysitter's Club books are mysteries anyway. Like, I think I would go through this. Yeah. I mean, like there has to be clues, like the content in there that is filler. Right is both like either real clue or potential red herring. So even if it is just fluff, it also has a purpose right. for being a red herring. Yeah. No, I'm I'm all in on the mysteries. Let's let's end the regular series. Let's just do all mysteries from here on out. How many mysteries are there? Are there Oh, there's a, a good, good amount. amount. There's a good amount. We've oh, got good. like 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 at least in 20 maybe 30 there's also super mysteries there's like two or three super mysteries maybe three or four that i remember being like legitimately scary when i was in middle school like those are ones where there is like a man trying to kill them yeah yeah all right yeah in my in my book i only have three mysteries well your book is of the time when they just started well yeah, that is true. <laughs> All right. Anyhow. The second time I go back through the series, when I get to the end and I start again in book one, you will be the winner. The winner is super. <laughs> All right, Adrian. Uh, thank you so much for going over this this with me. I know we went a little quick. You're good. Uh, we covered it. Do you have a couple minutes for the sassy game? 
Of course. We can't end without the sassy game. Okay, are you ready? We'll go quick. Here we go. Question one. Do, uh, do you remember about the sassy game or do you need a refresher? Refresh me. Okay, so the first two questions are going to be multiple choice and they're going to have a correct okay. answer. After the okay. first two questions, they're sort of like more free form, like uh, annoying drama kid, improv, that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, I'll win. Don't yeah. worry. I know. I know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> question one. Are you ready? Yes. Shemp. S-H-E-M-P. Shemp. Means A. A goofy mixed up person. B. A guy who despises trendiness. Or C. A person who looks like a shrimp. What do you like? And and my answer, I am all of the above. <laughs> um, I am going to choose A. You're going to say a goofy mixed up person. You want to lock that in? Mm-hmm. Locking it in. No, that's incorrect. According to Sassy Magazine, Shemp is a guy who despises trendiness. Oh. Yeah. But, and it also probably looks like a shrimp in the process. I mean, you would think. It's not very trendy to yeah. look like a shrimp. Can no. you call someone a shemp later this week and see what their reaction is? Um, easily. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, question two. The hormone, oh, sorry, they wrote it like Jeopardy. This hormone causes boys to have hairy chests. Huh? Is it A, aldosterone, <laughs> B, progesterone, or C, testosterone? Hmm, I'm going to go with C. Yeah, uh, that's a good, a good answer. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> I was going to ask if you cared to answer without hearing the choices, but uh, I thought I, I wanted to read those words. Okay, you did it. One, like one for two, that's average. You did it. Well, it's it's pretty shempy of me, but um, pretty shempy. <laughs> well, I think the trend is one for two, so that. Uh, oh. Uh, oh well, then. But you yeah. aren't a guy, so I don't know. Um, all right, question three. So this is a multiple choice question, but there is no right answer. This is just for for our notification. Adrian, if you could be the best, okay, I like this question because it's going to involve the great Mister Shelman, his second appearance on the podcast. <laughs> If you could be any, oops, sorry, if you could be the best at any of these, which one would your parents prefer? Okay. So A, ballet, B, school, or C, music or singing? I don't know why C is a two-part answer. Yeah, I think if you pick C, you would have enough to pick music or singing. Uh, ballet, school, so music, or singing? Which would my parents prefer me to be the best the at? The best at. Um, I am going to go with music and singing. Interesting. It's music or singing. So I think you have to choose one. <laughs> oh. Gosh. I didn't write the card. <laughs> Music. I'm going to go with music. Okay. Why is that? Or maybe singing. Oh. You're a pretty good singer. I saw you in Les Mis one time. I am a better dancer than I am a singer. Okay. You are a great dancer Um, as well. I am going to say that my parents would have preferred me to be like the best at that Um, because maybe that's because that's the one that I like needed to like I was I was a great dancer I was a great I was a straightest student and my singing was the one that I was like well I sent you to give a class you should be able to sing better oh I was like some of us aren't born with pipes mom yeah and so so I've heard you say I've heard you say that you you went to Jalinda's singing class you should be able to sing this I had my yeah there's some physiological things going on there i think with singing right yeah 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 yeah. i mean i my vocal cords are only so much under my control 
I've heard you sing. I, I've paid money to see a musical that you were in. So I think you did a fine job. Hey, I can hold a tune just fine. I can even hold a harmony if you teach it to me a couple times. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to uh, be bringing the house down with my soprano solo. How is Mr. Shalna doing? Mr. Shalna is living his damn life. Okay. Let me tell you. Yeah. He is playing golf. He is drinking his Mai Tais. Mai Tais? He is, he is <laughs> demolitioning in his bathroom. You know, he's doing good things. All right. Is, are they going to listen to this <laughs> podcast like they listened to the last one? Um, possibly. Okay. I hope possibly. so. All right. Sorry. I forgot we were going we'll, quickly. We'll, we'll see how your mixing skills are. Uh, they are non-existent. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay, so this is the like the Dear Abby question. Are you ready? Someone, okay. we're halfway home. Someone ready. has written in to Sassy Magazine for advice. You're gonna help them, okay? This is a wild one. Dear Adrian, when my friends come over, my mom always tells them about how sad she thinks I am. This embarrasses me. I try to talk to my mom about it, but she screams at me. What do I do? There's a lot going on here, Adrian. Um, it sounds like there's some emotional gaslighting that this mom is doing for this poor child. Uh, uh, what do you do? Gosh, by gosh, by golly. Um, I mean, you could stop inviting your friends over to your house. You could say, like, let's go have a picnic in the park. Avoid the whole thing. Right. Avoidance is, you know, one skill that, you know, probably is not the healthiest. Um. And then in the meantime, you can um, talk, ask your mom why she thinks you're so sad. Ask, ask your mom why, why she's bringing her friends into her business. Um, and next time your mom screams at you, get on a chair and scream back. Scream back. Okay. This was a tricky one. Do you want to hear what Sassy Magazine said? Yeah. Sassy Magazine said, it sounds like your mom's comments are a clumsy way to be a part of your life. Try hard to talk to her about it. Ask her nicely why she does it and tell her how it makes you feel. The more you understand her, the more likely she is to understand you. Yeah. I mean, I, I was in there with the like, ask her why she does it. Yeah. But also like, why is this girl screaming at you? Yeah, the screaming wasn't really addressed in the Sassy Magazine answer. The, the, scream, the screaming is an issue. I agree. Like, if your mom's screaming at you, yeah. that's an issue. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, maybe you, like, recruit, like, is dad around? Mm. Or is other mom around? You know, is there somebody else? A clergyman? A, a clergyman? Um, a, a grandmother? a, you know, another friend that you could, you know, talk to and have them convince your mom that, you know, actually you're doing pretty hot. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. This, she doesn't seem sad at all, this person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of weird, like, improv drama games, I have some secret yeah. instructions on this card that I'm not allowed to share with you. So I'm going to okay. interview you for 60 seconds, okay? And I have something that I'm supposed to do, and you have to guess what I'm doing within 60 seconds, all right? Okay. Okay, let me know when, let me know when you're ready. I was born ready. Okay. Uh, Adrian, what are you up to this weekend? I think I'm going to go backpacking this weekend. What else? I... I'm thinking that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to dehydrate food to go backpacking and <laughs> get on my Jeremy, um, is that, did you find something funny? Keep going. I think that, you know, I would love to take Alfred, but he's not really um, up for going backpacking he's more of a of a couch potato dog 
What does he like to do? Um, he likes to chase balls and. <laughs> um, Jeremy, do you have an uncontrollable nervous lactic? Yes, and I do it whenever. I say something. Uh, this didn't play as well as I was hoping. Uh, whenever you say <laughs> and, I was supposed to laugh. Oh. But you only said it twice in a, in, in a minute, so it didn't really like fly. All right. Okay. I um, have enough other improv training to be able to string together sentences without repetitive words. No, I think, I, yeah, I think this is probably like a better game to play like in middle school. And I did this, and I did yeah. It, it says laugh every time the other player says the secret word and then parentheses, shh, don't say it, but the word is and. Yeah. Not great for a podcast. All right. Let's, last question. <laughs> last question. Adrian, describe the home of your dreams and what would be extra special about it? Hmm. Well, the listeners may not know, but I bought a house in July. I remember. And, I think we talked about this. And, um, oh yeah, so we must have talked over the summer. That must have been, because I was, yeah, in the process, we were in the process of buying. Right, right. Um, and so I feel like I'm starting to build that, and that is, you know, a home that has lots of planties in it, Aww. and has a really big kitchen so that I can cook all the things and you know really show that i'm in my 30s um <laughs> with all of this answer do you have an island like, no. you also said and a lot there and i meant to laugh next time but i forgot that i just heard it <laughs> I, I know because like how boring is that answer that is such a like no but uh, it, it, like for a house it's like in this and this and this what, do you have an island well yeah but no i if you would ask me that when I was 12 reading Sassy Magazine, I'd have been like, oh, my ideal house is one that has a lazy river that goes around <laughs> and you can float by the kitchen and someone can give you sushi as you float by. Sushi when you were 12? That's very progressive. And I would have a one of those secret uh, doors with a bookshelf that you open up that actually like goes to a little narrow deep stepping staircase that goes up into a little attic that is actually a secret reading nook that has a hot chocolate maker built into the wall and really cool stained glass windows so you could like look out and see across my pasture of wild horses <laughs> yeah that's a great answer that's actually what i want well, I, I think you still have time to make some changes to your current house, right? Yeah, we'll have to probably uh, work on some foundation issues for that lazy river. But other than that. Yeah, you were into sushi when you were 12 years old? I mean, it was a literary stretch, literary license. Okay, I mean, but, I, I love it now. I don't think I'd had it until I was like 18. Yeah, no. I hated fish until I was like 20 and then came around to it. Yeah. I still don't like cooked fish. I like raw fish. I don't like cooked fish. I like both. I do not like tuna. In any form. In uh, canned. You don't like a, like a tuna fish sandwich, tuna salad. Ooh, oh, oh, that makes my stomach turn. Just really? About it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but no, a, a lovely seared ahi tuna salad, please. I eat this for that. Interesting. All right. All right. I love your uh, ideal house. So that really speaks to me. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't answer, is there an island in your kitchen? There is no. not. Okay. <laughs> but you said it's really big. So that's, uh, you must have a lot of uh, floor space then. Yeah, we do. We've got, you know, Bonus points of moving to Georgia. 
<laughs> is that you get some good square footage for your money. Yeah, well, that's so great. I'm I'm so excited for you putting that house together. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, and we have we're like we're on like an acre of land and have some really beautiful forest space, and that's it's great. so green and lush. And yeah, yeah, we're very happy. That's very happy. Oh, I'm so I'm um, I'm very jealous. Standing, send an invite for um, you know a babysitters book club on locale. Okay. I'm going to, if I'm ever in Georgia, I'm going to take you up on that. Hey, we are very close to the Atlanta airport and are happy to host. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on that. Adrian, thank you so much for another fantastic visit with me here uh, and for going through this nonsense one more time. Uh, Is there anything you want to plug or anything, anywhere people can find you that you want to promote here before we sign off? Um, I would like to plug, we all look at what systems in our country are not working for us. And whether that is carceral system, the healthcare system that does not care for our health, or whatever system that might be, call it out. Let's talk about it and let's fix it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, if I could snap, I would snap right now. <laughs> I don't know how to snap, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm starting a new job that we're working on integrating arts experiences into um, health and well-being and, and having that be an offering, you know, that insurance folks would pay for because there are so many other ways to heal ourselves besides, you know, traditional clinical. Yeah. Stuff and so I'm, I'm I'm thinking in systems on that side. And we talked today about carceral systems, and um, there's just a lot to a lot to look at. So I'm going to plug that and down with capitalism. I'll plug that one too. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much, Adrian. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, people can always find us. We are at uh, Babysitters BC, as in book club, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are also on Gmail, the Babysitters Book Club uh, at gmail.com. I don't think I said it right. Twitter and Instagram, Babysitters BC, as in Book Club. And then Gmail, the Babysitters Book Club at gmail.com. I'm getting a lot of offers to receive like $17 million if I just send all my information to a certain individual. So um, I'm working through that right now on the Gmail account. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. I just got a, a couple things in my mail of like, I was like the winner of the day for the $7,000 a week for the rest of my life. Congratulations. Them. Uh, yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah. You should tell them that you need all of their information in order to set up your, oh. your books. That's, that's what I'm yeah. doing when they email me. I say, I just like copy and paste it back to them. I'm like, yeah, like send me all this information and I'd be happy to to set you up. Oh. Just trying to make content, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You, they, these poor scammers didn't know that they were talking to Jeremy. I I mean, I got one response. I wasn't like expecting it. uh, That uh, I like, because I always think that these things are just like robots. Uh, And there was one that I got where they, you know, they were like, here's the 20, 20 things you need to answer your mother's maiden name your social security whatever whatever and i just responded like because i was i always respond like what can i do how can i help you that's always my first response because i want to see what they say and then they sent me that and i just said this seems like a lot of work uh and i I just wasn't expecting any response and they were like the the woman the the you know quote-unquote character she they responded like wow like wow i asked you for help and you're saying it's too much work. Like, I'm really disappointed. They, they took the, like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed approach. I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't expect that this was part of their, like, uh, repertoire. That's mom. Yeah. That's mom. For sure. For sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send her all my information. Sounds good. That <laughs> sounds built good. me into it. <laughs> I also tried to negotiate yeah. with one of them, and that didn't really work. They were like, you can have 40% of our $50 million. So I was like, no, I want 80%. And they were like, what do you, what do you mean? They didn't understand like the, what I was doing. So I don't know. Oh, for them. 
Yeah. They're probably how full my life is. Yeah. Okay. Adrian, uh, thank you again so much. I know it's late there where you are. Appreciate you staying up and chatting with me about this. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off here? I hope your shempiness blossoms in the future. How dare you? This podcast is over. <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone for joining no, us. I, you wanted to see the reaction? You saw your reaction. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll be back again uh, next week with another episode. Take care.